Hello and welcome to Stirring the Pot, Entertainment's premier pop culture and education podcast. I'm your host, as always, Zerka Manuel Jean Baptiste, the first and the last. Today we have. It's me, Asia, as per usual. And. John, and I'll be playing Rokander. Just kidding. This is a different kind of podcast we're doing. <laughs> yes, sir, indeed. Man, um, entertainment has been rough for a bit. Yeah. Um, there's not really any entertainment news. Um, but I want a movie club. I want an entertainment stew movie club. But in order for me to do a movie club, I need to come up with a we need to come up with an entertainment stew rating system that works for entertainment stew because I would like each version of the movie club. I would like to be like once every two weeks or so. Mm. And each episode, we'd rate the movie within our own pantheon of rating systems. I like it. Um, I have a rating system that I would like to try, and it's how I personally score movies. Um, True. But we're going to talk through a rating system, get a concrete version, and you, who knows, you might even start to get East to, like, reviews. But I only like reviewing stuff I like, so it might be only positive <laughs> reviews. So... With that being said, um, uh, I know this is kind of like, oh, Derek, you're putting me on the spot. But does anyone have a preferred method they like? Um, for rating movies? Yeah. Rating movies or entertainment. My list, my thing works for both, mm-hmm. like just anything in entertainment. Uh, yeah. So I, I don't have a particular number grading system, but I'll usually, especially for movies, uh, I'll usually go off of um, uh, acting quality which is a little tough to score um but just kind of the caliber of you know do i feel the emotions are conveying do i know what emotions are trying to convey uh, is is the movie uh getting across what i think it should um the general production quality so that's going to be costume set design um special effects if they apply um the film score uh how the the score interacts with the movie if it if it feels like it's enhancing the scene if it's taking away from the scene if i don't even really notice the score which sometimes is a good thing um if it's just kind of subtly enhancing the emotions um and then the general writing um and if the story i feel like makes sense uh if the characters sound like actual people okay asia worth my time and not worth my time i i understand that which Um, is fair Honestly, I am so... I'm not a movie person. Hi, I'm the outlier. I'm the one not movie person here. Mm. Um, So I'm really super picky when it comes to what I do spend my time watching. And I know what I like, which is... um, Is in the genre I like. Yeah, sure, maybe. Is the story interesting? Yeah, sure, maybe. And I don't have a list. It's it's basically that. Yeah. if it intrigues me, you know, I'll like I'll, I'll spend some time on it, maybe. Thank you, that. Um. So there is a way that I score movies in my head every time mm. I see a movie, or anytime I consume anything entertainment. Um, it's layered within three different categories, right? Um, the first two categories are scored out of four. Mm. Um, and the last category is scored out of two, so in total it makes ten. Yeah. Right. So. The first category is called purpose, and that's shorthand for did the movie do what it set out to do? Like in that regards to like story, did the story hit? Did the um, 
pretty much this is all like story and content related. Did yeah. all of those stuff come together to create a movie that makes sense within the context of the film itself? Yeah. Right? Um, the second one is technique and design. Um, I love exploring technique and cinematography, mm-hmm. the way that music interacts with um, everything within the film, editing, all that falls underneath technique and design. Yeah, I think, because uh, technique is something that kind of can almost be overlooked when you're watching a movie. And, mm-hmm. and again, a lot of good technique almost should be overlooked. Yeah. Like you shouldn't notice it. Um, so real quick, uh, I recently watched, I said recently, a little while ago, I watched Jojo Rabbit. Have you guys seen that movie? I've seen Jojo Rabbit. Uh, I love that movie. Uh, spoiler alert for Jojo Rabbit, if you haven't seen the movie or you're about to see it, maybe skip forward like five or so seconds. Um, there, there's a really great technique in that film where in the beginning, Jojo's mother, Scarlett Johansson, um, that's the actress. She's not just coincidentally named Scarlett Johansson. Um, for a lot of the film, you she's portrayed with her feet and like the, her ankles alone. Um, and it's, I think, two or three times uh, throughout the film, you just see her from that angle. Um, and it's really powerful because it, she always wears the same shoes, are pretty distinct, uh, and it gets you used to seeing her framed from that point of view. And uh, towards the tail end of the movie, um, she's hung by the Nazis. And the way that uh, the audience finds out is Jojo is kind of walking up there and he sees her. We don't know what he sees. And all of a sudden we just see uh, her feet and the ankles. Um, and that, that's all we ever see of her from that point of view. And it's a very powerful moment because, one, the movie has trained us to know this is her. Yeah. And it's trained us to see her from this vantage point. Um, and for Jojo to kind of see her in this vantage point. And it's just a very great moment and a great technique where... I think in almost any other movie, if they just randomly put in a scene where they showed a character being hung by just their like leg, lower legs, ankles, and feet, I probably wouldn't have known who it was. Yeah, um, but, but since they use that technique, yeah, because the, because the film shows her so frequently in that, because it's not just foreshadowing; it's training the audience to recognize when that's her. So I, I, this, I thought you know a great example of of how a film does it well, and that's why they technique design is an essential part. If I'm going to grade mm-hmm. a piece of entertainment, whether it be a movie or a video game, I want to grade it on that scale as well. Yeah. And the final one is conventions are standard. Um, and then the final word is switched out for like game making, mm-hmm. filmmaking, stuff like that. This is when I like, this This category is only worth two points because it doesn't mean a lot. Does the art of, artifact of entertainment demonstrate an adequate command of basic conventions? Mm-hmm. So it's just like... Uh, if a game does the things it needs to do to, like, be a game, like yeah. quality of life stuff, yeah. stuff like that, can I count it as, can this just get a two? That's why this category is way the least, because it's just like, hey, if you're going to make a game, if you're going to make a movie, if you're going to make a television show, it at least has to hit. Yeah, and, and in fairness, if it doesn't hit these categories, which it's fine not to, if it doesn't hit these, you've got to make that up somewhere else. Yeah. Uh, so I think, I think a good example of that in games uh, could be, uh, does the game have, like, a map? Or if it's, like, a first-person shooter, is there a mini-map? There are games where it doesn't have, I think Call of Duty doesn't always have a mini-map. Um, but for the most part, if it's a game where you're going to be navigating the environment and you're going to be moving around a lot, then I feel like a map is something that's kind of just quality of life... When, when I talk about Red Dead Redemption, I don't talk about the map. Um, but if it didn't have it, I, I'd notice that. Yeah, like, for example, um, you ever played Life is Strange or any yeah. of the... Okay, Life is Strange, I hate the way the game plays. I like the game. Yeah. So I would I would give it lower in conventions or standard, like, 
entertainment because there's so much about the game, gameplay-wise, that I hate. Yeah, I know exactly how you feel. Uh, Telltale games in general have that. I know The Walking Dead, I enjoy those early Walking Dead Telltale games, but whenever you're asked to, like, shoot something or just maneuver the environment, it's just, Mm -hmm. it's not really fun. But the rest of the game, you know, uh, scores very highly for me. So how does that sell for a film film or entertainment-based critique system? I think that sounds really good. One, it's more vague than mine, which I absolutely use as a positive um, because it allows for more freedom um, in judging the movies in specific ways. So, for example, uh, not every movie is going to have a really powerful soundtrack, but not every movie needs a really powerful soundtrack. Mm -hmm. Um, So mine is more of – mine's almost all production kind of stuff. Um, I didn't really talk too much about the themes. That would be more included in the writing. So I think this is a great general movie system, a ranking system that would apply to a lot of different films. Because I think this wouldn't uh, negative. Like for example, if you have a film like uh, Parasite, which was you know, uh, did that win the Academy Award? I feel like it did for it best did. picture. Yeah, it you, you know, you could have a best picture movie, or you could have, um, you know, Tremors. Uh, and I feel like for the most part, this system would treat them equally. Yeah, uh, and this has a. It, one would get a higher rating than the other, but the system wouldn't be biased towards one another, whereas... Because with, with this system, it also takes into account, okay, so Trevor's the main in the 1990s. They had the go to the fact that this technology wasn't, like, the easiest yeah. to use. Um, so I, I think it, it does a good job accounting for, more generally, what, what the movie's trying to do and what it gives off. Because uh, Tremors wasn't trying to do what Parasite was trying to do. Yeah. So in, in that respect, it's, it was more gracious to say, um, you know, what message do they want to get across? So I, I think it's a good ranking system. Overall. Sweet. Asia? Um, I vote yes. Okay. John pretty much covered it all. I agree. So when we take this ranking system and apply it to, let's apply it to uh, three movies each that we each bring up. Three movies are artifacts of entertainment that we each bring up. I think you mean three total. We're not going to each do yeah. three. Yeah, yeah. Oh, sorry. Okay. Three total. I was like, oh, my brain. Oh, God. What, what three movies have I seen? Exactly. Every movie I've ever seen or consumed in my life just vanished. So, uh, I'm going to go first. Go ahead, yeah. So, um, I'm going to try and pick a movie that everyone has seen. Passion of the Christ. Nope. <laughs> No? I actually haven't seen that one either. Oh. Uh, you failed. Try again. Somehow, when I was like 10, I didn't beg my parents to go take me to Passion of the Christ. I was forced to see it. Um, <laughs> let's see. Lord of the Rings, Fellowship of the Ring. I'm familiar with it. Yeah, I've seen it in passing. Sure. I, I, I'll, I'll know what you're talking about when you talk yeah. about it. You know what? Tarzan. Let's do Tarzan. Okay. I, I just saw the movie for the first time. It's been a while since I've seen Tarzan, but I've seen Tarzan. So, uh, for the purpose, what was Tarzan trying to do? Tell the story of Tarzan? (laughs) (laughs) It was like a book report. A social experiment of what would happen if a boy was raised by apes, purely scientific in nature. Um, It doesn't go as in-depth as I would want it to go, so I'm not going to give it a four. But it's no. also like a Disney movie. Yeah. That's not what its purpose yeah, is. Yeah, it does have is. themes. It, I mean, it, it, I believe it's talking about, um, in general, conservation of nature. Uh, I think a little bit colonialism a little with bit the hunter. Na- a little bit of nature um, versus nurture. Yeah, man versus nature. 
in the sense of there's Tarzan who lives with nature, and there's I can't remember his name, the hunter guy, Clayton. Quinn Clayton Clayton Clayton. I misheard you entirely. Clayton, who's kind of the 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 status quo. He's the man, um, but they don't really delve into any particular subject too much. Honestly, yeah. I feel like that's even giving Clayton... I, I feel like that's giving it way too in, much credit. In fairness, I'm not saying the movie does... I would say like a one or a two in that regard, but but I think if there is a theme... I think there is a theme, and he does represent the theme, the movie just doesn't really care about the theme. I think the movie doesn't really focus that much on a lot of things. Like I, but the thing is, that's the problem with a lot of Disney movies, where it's like... None of the conflicts feel like it matters in Disney movies too much. I guess Zootopia would be pretty good. They have a, they have a pretty solid theme that they like focus on and follow through on. Um, I feel like the metaphor they use in Zootopia just doesn't like it doesn't map, map completely. Not no, it doesn't map completely and, at and all. Even but even within it, like its own story, it feel like it's not. I feel like using allegories like that is already like kind of an issue. But on top of that, like within the movie, it's just like it's the allegory itself isn't clear. Yeah, I'm not saying Zootopia is perfect. I'm just saying between Zootopia and Tarzan, which has a clearer message and like themes, I'd say Zootopia. I feel like the message of Tarzan is pretty clear. It's just like not super. It's just less important to the movie. No, it's like it's present throughout the entire thing. Um, If I could quote Phil Collins, two worlds one family i wouldn't say i feel like it's closer to like the whole nature versus nurture mm-hmm. thing than necessarily like conservationism even though you could read that into it because uh quote unquote nature just to i don't feel like delving into tarzan that deeply but just <laughs> like um so i'm not going to get more specific than nature versus nurture even though i feel like there's something that could fit better but i feel like that's like Sorry, pretty real, strong real quick we, we, we're saying nature versus nurture is am I? I feel like that's more like a, a raising people thing. Yeah. Um, is or because I, I was expect, I was thinking more man versus nature. Because the thing is, until Clayton actively betrays them at the very end, there's no man versus anything necessarily, yeah. unless you count like Tarzan fighting like that ja- jaguar leopard thing. Because mm-hmm. the whole thing from the get go is he's been adopted into this ape family. His ape dad, who was not in, who's like in charge of the like community that he's part of, rejects him, mm-hmm. and to a lesser extent, so do the apes around him. And even when we see him in childhood, he's like his quote unquote best friend ape is kind of like trying to push him away. And it's not until he continuously proves himself as useful to his own community that he's accepted. And that acceptance, um, on the flip side, when he meets Jane and them, he is immediately accepted by them because he is human as like they are. So they're trying to teach him from the human side versus this like community he's lived in his entire life which is still having trouble accepting him for what he is, even though he was raised by them. But because of his very nature, the humans are already accepting of him. And at the end, there's like, hey, Tarzan, do you want to go with us? But ultimately, it's like found family, um, not like all that stuff happens, whatever. So I feel like as far as theme... It would be strongest to say that's a theme of Tarzan. I think it keeps kind of hitting this on the head throughout the movie. 
I feel like that would be like the most generous reading of it. All right, no, that's fair enough. I, I think that's uh, it's been a while since I've seen it, so I think that's pretty solid. For I'd, me. I'd give Tarzan about three in purpose. Yeah, I think I think if we're going for the purpose of nature versus nurture, with the way Asia just laid it out, I think three sounds good. Um, technique slash design. Those Phil Collins songs were pretty good, right? Yeah. Or does that under soundtrack? Never mind. I'll just let well, me know. That's under technique slash design. That felt like yeah. side oh, yes. So part of it. Mm. Let's face it, Disney kind of has a formula. Disney has a formula. The yeah. thing is, I would have rated it a lot higher if we did. Because the thing is, we, I, we've been watching a Disney movies because Derek has uh, a story for later. Derek hasn't seen a bulk of Disney movies until the past like three weeks. Mm. So we watched Tarzan like after watching what, like ten or so movies, and so by that point in time, I've gotten Disney's formula of how they do things. Yeah, and it's just like, oh, this isn't really doing anything new. You're just following what you already have it down as a formula, but with this new subject matter. Yeah, filling in the blanks type deal. So how much can we really give you credit for that? But I did think the movie looked great. <laughs> it did look good. But it, it bothers me. And this is just a, a larger problem with a bunch of Disney stuff, so I hope no one picks another Disney product later. Um, Disney stuff annoys me only because I enjoy my time watching it, but when I take a step back, I'm just like, okay, these all have... Not the same plot lines, but like overarching. The same beats. Yeah. Like I've noticed that um, every song, every movie needs to have a power ballad that happens. But that's just uh, well, okay. First of all, or is that just a all, musical thing? What kind musical? Of a musical thing? Yeah. What What are we doing here? If you're not gonna give me a power you're ballad, you're right. You're right. And my media filled with song. Also, also, basically every musical has a villain song for the villain. Not every Disney song is a villain. Um, so song. a song that's reprised to show like growth from B yeah. from the first half to the second act. Um, if it's a like a love song or something showing the connection between two people, yeah. there there's it's, a lot of points to hit with the musical. Yeah, because it's not just a Disney formula per se. It's part of it is a musical formula because there is something you. In a musical, you kind of just have to do certain things with the songs. I I enjoyed Phil Collins on the soundtrack, though. He's amazing. Um, the cool. animation, spectacular. Yeah, Disney um, usually kills it with the animation. And what, what year did the movie come out? 97, 99? Um, 96? It was late 90s, at minimum. Uh, keep saying because numbers. I, the thing is, it's like we're, we're in 2020, and I was still kind of like... 1999. I was still kind of blown away. with like, oh, this animation looks, like, good. It was 21 years later. And so I kind of want to see. I kind of want to give technique and design a three. I think I earned it. Yeah. I agree with you. Three out of what again? Four. Yeah. And then conventions of standard uh, filmmaking. That's two. Yeah, it, it gives you what you want in a, a musical and a movie. Oh, wait, are you going to argue a one? No. Um, I was going to say. Derek has a whole root. Derek has a can I curse? Yeah. I, I feel like this cur- this curse word gets it across. He has a whole ass rubric in front of him, and I just gotta say I want access to the rubric so I can make sure I'm grading my movies properly. I, I will share it afterwards. It, it 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 is not edited for anyone else other than me. It's like <laughs> legitimately we're going down the list, and there's like bullet points. This thing is detailed. Yeah. Does this film hit these marks? Yeah. 
Um, it's edited for me because I base this editing this system off of. Okay, I'm an English teacher. Um, mm. Off of the Florida English language exam rubric, and I base it off of that. So it's using a lot of words that like I know what it means in the context yeah. of this, but. If you're just like picking it up, it's like, what's this dude playing at? Yeah. But yeah, I wasn't gonna argue. Um, all right. So what's Tarzan's score? Three, four, six, seven, eight. Okay. And I, I mean, wow, I that's think, pretty high. Yeah, Tarzan pretty much gets an eight. Um, it's a good movie. Um, I feel like it accomplishes what it sets out to do when it accomplishes it with an like a modicum of skill. Yeah. yeah. It's been my favorite Disney movie that I've watched so far. It's really good. Second favorite. It's really interesting to point out. I really enjoy Beauty and the Beast. Beauty and the Beast is good. Mulan is amazing. I um, haven't seen it yet. Gotta watch it. It'll be your favorite. I've seen Mulan too. We've been How saving it. How dare you? To be fair, so, sometimes your parents saw the words Lady and the Tramp and just bought it and you got home and it was Lady and the Tramp 2, Scant's Adventure. And then you emotionally bonded to it because that's what you had. <laughs> okay. Um... Yeah, I think. Sorry, real quick. I think it's worth pointing out that with these movies, there there is a base. I mean, you're going to get a four uh, at a minimum, which I think is if you make a movie, you earned a four. If you did it, if you made a feature length film, I don't think there's any movie I've seen based on this rubric that I would say you should get less than a four. Any finished actual movie. Um, so it's something because it's there's not going to well, be well the lowest you can get. Because you can get a zero in the categories. Oh, you can get a zero in these categories? Mm-hmm. Oh, never mind. There is no base then. You can get zero for everything. I thought it was But it's just like, four. the thing is, most movies should at least get a one. Yeah, most movies are, are probably going to base around four. Because um, they're, 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 even, I'll, I'll stand by that though. I don't think there's a whole lot of movies I've seen where I would give them a zero in a category. I've seen some sankers, but I've also seen like a ton of indie films. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, I think Tarzan's good at an eight. Like, if, for example, real quick, if I had to score my own movie, um, if I had to score my own movie, um, Nightingale, that's uh, a zero for for purpose because since oh, so, so much yeah. was cut off, um, technique and design, ooh, that's a it's an ugly movie. I think I think it'd get a one. I think that. it'd get a one. I think the special effects alone are in a one. Yeah, because the thing is, I worked hard on the special effects. Um, standards of filmmaking, that might be a zero. That might be a zero. So that's a one movie. Which, I'm going to be honest, I don't think in, there's anything lower than that that we would come across. <laughs> yeah. Because the, there, there are other student films out there. There might even be a zero film. But we're not going to see those. I feel like to get a zero in anything in entertainment, you just have to like, like when you put it on... Every time I watch it, you gotta punch me in the face. Like, yeah. I, I even then, I still might give it a one. In some in some category, I feel like yeah. with all the there's gotta be a one somewhere in there. Because uh, if you made a movie at zeros all around, why are you making that? You have to have no passion for this movie. Yeah. So it just, I, I just wanted to, to bring that up um, while we're talking about it because it's you know because at a certain point the, the the scores once they pass a certain height are going to seem weird in comparison because mm-hmm. it's going to seem weird saying that Tarzan is at most two points away from like Citizen Kane, um, like it's a weird grading system that would do that. Um, but I also to bring it up where it's just kind of like this is this isn't so much about grading movies against other films; it's about grading it internally. Yeah. Okay, as we're still testing out this system. Um, John, you're up next. What show do you got? 
Yeah, so uh, you did a movie, uh, but the system can be used to grade a whole bunch of stuff. So I'm going to be doing a TV show, a uh, TV show very near and dear to my heart. So consider that while you rate it. Um, Justice League, the animated series. Uh, so f- I'm not going to go into a, a huge spiel. And if you haven't seen it, go watch it. It's on Netflix. Um, it's a show I really enjoy. Uh, so Derek, if you could count down the grading system for me real quick. I don't have it perfectly memorized. Okay, it's uh, out of, there's Purpose... Which is rated out of four. Oh, yeah. I mean, say, like as we go through it, so okay. one at a time. Um, so the first category is purpose, grade one through four. Um, I think uh, the series as a whole, not just Justice League the animated series, but Justice League Unlimited, which is the same show, but they just added a word for the next couple seasons. Um, I think a three is pretty fitting here um, because a lot of their seasons are very pointed. Um, there's a whole season-long story arc where it's looking at uh, the Justice League and Argus, which is essentially kind of graying the black and white of the show, where it's, you know, we're not quite sure who fully the good guys are, who fully the bad guys are. It's kind of both of us. Uh, We've done things that aren't great, but also they're definitely the bad guys. Um, But not fully definitely. Uh, But there are also other seasons that just don't hit quite as hard. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think the show in general would be a three for purpose. Okay. Um, I would also give it a three for purpose. Yeah, I think... Because uh, I love the final season. That had that was definitely they've they talked about it in interviews. That was like a cool down season. They didn't know they were going to get that one. So I think if you get rid of season four and season one, I think easily a four. Yeah. Uh, but the show in general, I think a three is pretty solid. Okay. So next is technique and design. Um, again, I think I would go a three on this one because the animation holds up incredibly well. Uh, similar to Tarzan, not quite as big budget as Tarzan. Um, but for, uh, you know, a Saturday morning cartoon that aired, um, at least, I think like 10 years ago at this point. Yeah. Wait, more than that. It's gotta be at least, cause I think it was like the it early It came on 90s. like 2000. If only we had a way to find out. I'm on. Yeah. So I'm going to guess 2002. 2002 seems pretty solid. Uh, cause Batman the Animated Series was like 90s. And he used the um, same art style. It's by Bruce Tim. Yeah. Same art style. A lot, basically the same cast as the Superman and Batman the Animated Series is. That's one, right? Um, that one, 2001. yeah. 2001. So pretty close. Um, and it ended uh, 2004. Yeah, so for a 2001-2004 a animated TV show, I think they hold up really well. Um, it's not perfect. There are uh, some things I think could have been done better. Mm-hmm. Um, and they do the classic... It's tough to fault an animated show for this, but it's just part of the production where um, you can tell uh, a lot of the characters in the background, if they're not talking or like if they're not come up at all then they're definitely just like a couple dots on their face yeah um there are moments it's the thing where all animated shows have where you can if you just take a freeze frame you can tell what they're going to interact with during a fight because it's like the rest of the background is mad and it's you know they're not going to be touching it so they just keep that the same and then they have the newer ones that they actually interact with um which would be a slight for a lot of animated shows but it, this isn't compared to other shows which is by itself so i think three I think a three worked for it really well. Um, It uses the legendary art of Bruce Timm, who um, I think he's kind of a pervert, but uh, um, (laughs) I like the way he draws male superheroes and not necessarily uh, uh, female presenting superheroes. Yeah, I will say the the way the the women are drawn aren't great, Um, but uh, it's it's basically there's two character body types where it's like the man who is just like incredibly... the Flash and Batman have basically the same body type, um, which I think would be really interesting seeing, like, 
Ezra Miller and Ben Affleck, just like toe to toe. It's all the same. Um, but I think that the costume designs are really cool and interesting. The battle designs are usually really well done. Uh, and keep going on production, the voice acting um, is just... Uh, it's amazing. It's phenomenal. Kevin, Kevin Conroy is the definitive Batman. Mark Hamill as the Joker. I mean, these are two guys who did this for 20 years, uh, and it, they just got better with age. Um, so, yeah, I think three is really solid in that there's a lot of... The, the, the highs are very high, but there are some lows. Little known fact, um, if you can find an English version, uh, a version of the Yakuza games that has an English dub, which means that those are the original PS2 ones, mm. uh, one of the more prominent characters, Goro Mojima, he's like a super crazy um, Yakuza um, boss, voiced by Mark Hamill. That's amazing. Wow. Um, Mark Hamill, you've, you've gained some affection points. Mark, Mark Hamill's just a hero all around. I uh, love that guy. Um, uh, voice acting in general. He, I mean, he kills it in voice acting. Uh, on a small tangent, he's also Fire Lord Ozai from Avatar. Um, Who? No, I'm just kidding. I, I've, uh, seen, I've seen it. Yeah. I, I've seen Avatar. Uh, he's <laughs> Aku from uh, Samurai Jack. So he's just all over the place. Amazing. Um, bad guy who laughs. So that's a 3-3. Three, three. And the final category of conventions of standard um, entertainment. Yeah. Um, I think this is probably a 2. Um, when it comes to conventions, uh, it, it's, it gives you exactly what you're looking for in a cartoon. Um, I think it's it, part of it, especially in a superhero cartoon, you're looking for um, some superhero fight stuff. You're looking for some uh, secret identity storylines. Uh, part of this might be production... But I think it's just worth acknowledging. If I'm watching a superhero cartoon, there are certain things people want to see. There are certain things that you just kind of have to give people. And for a show um, that's aimed at children, you can see that it's aimed... Even though, on the on one hand, it might just be aimed at, quote-unquote, like, boys or, like, young mm-hmm. boys growing up. But it, it has something for everyone in it. Yeah. Because it um, especially had, like... So what got me in the show was that it's a little taste of romance where it's just like, oh... Diana and Bruce. There's a, there's a little banter. Diana. There. Were you gonna say something else? That's that's it. Bruce. Uh, I'll start <laughs> Fraser there. There there is there's a back and forth. There's a chemistry. A lot of characters have that. Uh, I'm surprised you didn't mention Green Lantern and Hawk Girl because they're an actual couple in the show. You're right. They are an actual um, couple in the show. Batman and Wonder Woman don't really do a whole lot. Um, but yeah, there's some, there's some romantic drama. Um, and it just it gives you what you're looking for. In a it has comedy. It has uh, yeah, tons of comedy. Um, just, um, it doesn't do it doesn't just do creature of the week. Yeah, it, it, the the season long plot lines are very uh, developed and very intense. Uh, one of my favorite uh, characters, question uh, on the show, who's basically they based Rorschach off of him when they did Watchmen. Uh, that's that's who the original was. Um, he does a lot of interconnecting stories and uh, callbacks to episodes you might have forgotten. Um, you know, he, he makes a big deal about the Justice Lords, which is kind of a one-off two-parter they did, uh, and he brings it back. So overall, yeah, I think um, pretty pretty high scale scores. Eight out of ten. Asia? Um, so... Pause. How long have we been... Because I'm kind of interested to see, like, how this would go with the movie, like, we don't like. So um, We're only, like, 30 minutes in. So we have time to do a movie we don't like after yeah. one that Asia likes. Because I will say, we I think we're probably going to get 8 out of 10 for a lot of stuff. Yeah. Where it's just kind of like, 
I really like this. It's not perfect, though. Uh, I'm actually pretty harsh on things. Because um, most of the Disney movies that I got scored a five. It, it also, in fairness, um, I did pick one of my favorite TV shows of all time. Um, just because it was the first thing I could think of. I also picked something that I really liked. Yeah. So I think if, we, if it was something random, it'll be a lot mm-hmm. more fair. Um, I, I want to see what different scores we get on um, Infinity War. We'll talk about it. Okay. Um, but later. Into... Um, Unpause. It's Asia's turn. And in honor of something near and dear to mine own heart, getting a revival uh-huh. in the coming years, something I spent hundreds of hours on, The World Ends With You is getting an anime. But the anime is not out yet. But you know what is out? Years of the world ends with you content. It's a JRPG for originally on the DS. Yes. Port it to the phone. Final and, uh, solo remix. And then port it to the Switch. Final remix. Zeros all around. Um, <laughs> we are talking specifically about the DS uh, port, which is going to be effectively. I haven't played the other two, so I it's the one I know. And also, I've heard that the gameplay on the other two, because the world ends with you, did something which I feel was really unique to the DS system, dual screen. If you're not uh, familiar, where they had you go and it's a whole story, but mm-hmm. you had like to fight on both screens instead of just focusing on like one at the same time or having your information on one and the fight on the other. So I felt like. Um, Sorry, I I'm gonna be all over score. the place. What? I already did my score. I don't. I, I didn't even go into it. Um, Derek, count me off. So purpose. So um, this JRPG is a heartfelt story about making connections with the people around you and how you can expand your own world by reaching out to others. And it does that. It does it so effectively. God, we meet Neku. Someone who's closed off to the world around him and doesn't want to interact with those around him and doesn't care about making friends. And we see him blossom, bloom, and go through the hardships of making those connections and being known and knowing the people around him. Mm-hmm. There's true growth there. And you see those connections being frayed and building and being strained and breaking and then reforging stronger than before. So it does good. So what would you give that out of four? Honestly, it's kind of like the writing gets kind of kiddy sometimes, but that's the age group it was made for. Um, so I'd, I'd give it a four. Okay. I'm going to be real. Um, well, well, let's go. Let's go on. Technique and design. Um, I it, It's mainly pixel art, which I thought worked really well, and it has kind of like a visual novel interface for the talking parts that Mm -hmm. I also thought worked really well. Um, It does utilize the dual screen of the DS. It utilizes its platform extremely well. Yeah, and it's just, it's so unique to that system that when it ports onto other systems, I feel like they have a hard time finding the proper, um, what do you call it? Like way to translate that and i think it's just because it works so well and it used the ds in a way that a lot of games weren't at the time it was built for the ds yeah. it was built and the music is phenomenal oh my god i was listening to it in the shower this morning the music hits it enters my dreams i love it they give you a soundtrack i'm gonna play a portion of the music behind this um they give you a sound like you can buy cds and just listen to the music in the game i love it it's so good. Sawa, thank you for my life. 
So the score for this category? Perfect. Okay, four. Um, what does it do wrong? Nothing. Oh, what's the last one? Oh, uh, Conventions of Standard Entertainment. Like Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. Maybe I went into this wrong energy. Um, nostalgia and excitement for the upcoming anime. No, no. See, the thing is with my score, I feel like each everyone should get like it, something that's unique to them. My score isn't like the thing is if you want like a non-biased review system, this isn't what this is. Yeah, it's, it, the scores are very personal. Um, and it, it, I think this is a great review system. Uh. Just for and how it, it takes on every piece of media individually, because mm-hmm. this isn't saying, "Hey, this is you know, um, whatever this is called. What's it called? Uh, the world ends with you. The world ends with you. This is you know, you're not saying the world ends with you is the best game ever made. Uh, maybe. Are you saying that? For I don't me? think I have to, John. Okay. <laughs> I don't it's, think it's I have not. To. It's you're not currently making that argument. Um, and you're not saying there's no way this game could have been better, or there's no way this game could have been topped, or there's no way that uh, any other game couldn't have done as well. Mm-hmm. It's more just saying um, it's very subjective, and it's, this is how I feel about this. This is how the, the I interact with the media. Um, the thing is, if I had played throughout the entire game yesterday, I promise you I could find stuff wrong with that. I promise you yeah. I could find moments that I wish they had spent more time on, ways that, like... There's kind of like, what well, it come out? 2007, 2009? 2008. It's, it's like... No, 2009. It came if out I say there's like some... In the early 2000s, there was a lot more, and just in general, there was a lot more of this like casual homophobic writing, and I think it suffers from like a little bit of that in there, which like, uh, homophobia, the But it's just like... I, it's not like I think it's perfect, but this is a game I did spend over 600 hours on in my childhood, playing obsessively and i would continue to do so to this day um and i'm just saying there's a reason it's getting an anime out in 2021 10 year like over 10 years out from its uh, original like thing and hopefully a sequel oh my god hopefully a sequel but um i it ranges from a 9 out of 10 to an 8 out of 10 for me hmm. i played it last year hmm. Yeah. So I've actually never played it. I was a twenty. I was a twenty-three-year-old man. Um, Asia played it when she was a kid. This probably would have like resonated with me more if I was a kid, simply because, as you said, the writing gets kind of. It's it gets juvenile sometimes, and it's very you know how like Pokemon isn't for adults. So when you go through a Pokemon game, there's gonna be moments where you're like, oh, I'm not a ten-year-old playing this, like. Yeah, like the, Game Freak intended. I say, especially with some of the newer Mr. Dungeons, it's very clear that your uh, your character is intended to be a child. Um, yeah. Which is kind of why I, I had to stop playing Mr. Dungeon after a while because it got a little too explicit. Uh, except the new Mr. Dungeon, they don't do that. It's just a remake of the first one. First one's awesome. Uh, you can pretend to be an adult. But, like, in that same vein as, like, we know the age group it was made for. Yeah. We wrote to that age group. And when I was that age group, boy, did it hit. Yeah, because I, I, just to follow this up real quick, I don't fault Mystery Dungeon for doing that. I'm not the targeted demographic, so it's okay that they, they don't target me. It's just, you know, we're yeah. bringing it up. And it's like where, like, it impacts how you see it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Go on, Derek. So, we're going to do a, something that, we're going to do a film that might have a bit of a, um, 
we're gonna see what everyone else scores it. I, I'm gonna name the film, and then we're gonna go in a round table saying what score we gave it. Spider-Man: Far From Home. Yeah. So uh, everyone, write down your score. I've got my score. I don't... Um... What do you got, John? So mine's really interesting, especially considering how personal these scoring systems are and how it's often kind of biased towards the things the score is biased towards. I give this a 9. Uh, my voice just pitched a little. <clears throat> I give this a 9, which is really interesting because I score this higher than Justice League, the animated series, which I think I probably prefer a lot more, um, which I think just goes to show it's not perfectly biased. Um, there, There is some... Uh, a little bit of uh, objectivism in there. Uh, so I give this a three for purpose. I'll, go, I'll do the numbers real quick. Uh, three for purpose, a four for a technique, and a two for norms. Because uh, I think, starting off purpose, um, the film has a, a pretty clear messaging. Uh, it's very clearly about um, Spider-Man inheriting um, the kind of role as lead superhero with Iron Man gone. Um, it's about him feeling unprepared for this and wanting a normal, balancing his normal life with being Spider-Man and which one he wants more and which one he sort of feels like he almost can't have. Uh, so I think as far as the movie goes, it's messaging is pretty clear. Um, and I think it follows through in it really well. And I think the way, um, uh, it weaves Mysterio, I think the fact that the antagonist has a pretty significant role in how he, um, kind of feels like he's shirking responsibility by passing it on to someone else and realizing he has to take responsibility. He can't just let someone else do it, uh, I think is is pretty good. Um, for technique, I gave it a four. Um, that's just kind of my shorthand for our second category. Um, I thought the, the music was amazing. It, like it or not, whether or not you like the connection to Iron Man, um, the, the connection they built between Spider-Man and Iron Man was very well done. Um, I, I think it could... I think personally... I would have preferred a movie that didn't have that connection, but just on the the objective technical element, they did it very well, um, and I thought that was, that it was done very nicely. The effects were amazing. Uh, I mean, um, the the mysterious illusion effects, the the camera movements they used, the way they utilized certain filmmaking techniques, uh, I just thought were phenomenal. Um, so this one, I, I think, absolutely deserved a four. And then for um, norms. Uh, I think they gave you everything you're looking for in uh, a superhero movie. They gave a lot of what people would be looking for in a Spider-Man movie. I'm sure that's where you guys will disagree probably the most heavily. Um, but for the most part, it, it's got uh, solid acting. It has um, the a lot of the characters that Spider-Man is familiar with. Not all of them, um, but I think a lot of the ones that would come up in most Spider-Man stories. Um, just, you know, Elephant in the Room, Uncle Ben is what we talked about. There are Spider-Man movies where uh, Uncle Ben isn't really the crux. I don't think we necessarily need that. Um, again, I personally think they they should have used it, but just going off this movie in a vacuum, um, 
I thought that it kind of delivered on what a superhero movie and what a Spider-Man movie should have. Okay. Um, I gave it a 6 out of 10. It got a 1 in purpose. Really? Yes. Because um, for me, I feel like it didn't completely co- cement what it was trying to say. Because like as, as I was saying, they were trying to put place Peter as the next like Iron Man, which is the mm-hmm. role for the MCU, which is like the next like lead hero. Uh-huh. But by the end of the movie, they never gave you the appropriate, okay, is he ready for this? Because the thing is, what they decided to do was they were just like, okay, so he was able to solve the problem at the end. So does that imply that he is ready to be this next hero? Does this, does that imply that he still needs to grow some more to fit within the shades of Iron mm-hmm. Man? I feel like they should have had a more clear cut, hey, he needs to go back to being the friendly neighborhood Spider-Man for a little bit while he's still like a teenager, and then we can come back to it. Uh, I think that's a really fair interpretation. I personally viewed it differently, because uh, I totally see where you got that from. Uh, I viewed at the end uh, him kind of on his own defeating Mysterio and bringing the glasses. It was a small moment, and they, they, they should have done more. Um, I don't think it was perfect, but the moment when he takes back the glasses and he calls off Edith, um, which, again... I'm not a big fan of the Edith and the glasses in general, um, but I'm not critiquing the movie. It could have been. Um, I think. I think the. To me, I thought it was a pretty clear uh, ending of, of that story. Just to get my two cents in there, but I, I totally see how you think they should have. Also, why didn't they that. just like? They already know that the Iron Legion exists. Yeah. So like, why wasn't it just like okay, Peter, you're now in charge of the Iron Legion. We're not. We don't. We don't need to create Eden. Yeah, Edith. Edith. Yeah, you're now um, just in charge of the Iron Legion. Like, uh, where are all these drones coming from? Why why weren't these... And they're so boring. And it's lame. Like, uh, either he made these drones before Endgame, in which case, why weren't they in Endgame? Also, if you made them after Endgame, why'd you make a whole bunch of drones? You, Like, I get it. Endgame was close. But, like, you guys have a ton of superheroes. You don't exactly need an army of drones. Um, anyway, that's not the point of this review. Um... For, I gave it a four for technique and design. Mm-hmm. Its music was amazing. Yeah, um, it was really good. I still listen, like I still listen to the Far From Home Suite. That's like the um, uh, the what's... collection of music. Yeah, yeah. And it's 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 a good soundtrack. Uh, everything Mysterio did looked fucking amazing. It was so good. So like. I'm not going to subtract from that, even though I didn't like the content. Yeah, their take on the, the Spider-Man theme, f- fantastic. Amazing. Spectacular. Uh, Superior. Amazing. Um, conventions of standard filmmaking. Um, I gave it a one. I gave it a one because there, there's so much like little things about the movie that bugs me. Mm-hmm. That it's just like, oh man, I don't feel completely safe calling this a two in my head that's fair could you give me some examples of what those were yeah um the way that they handled all every other character outside of spider-man annoyed the shit out of me because like no no one really did anything for the movie and it's like yes um spoiler alert for a movie that's over a year old Mm. um nick nick fury that wasn't nick fury that wasn't um agent uh Hill. Maria that was, Hill. That was a Maria Hill. But everyone else, it's just like, 
so much of Spider-Man that's so enjoyable about about Homecoming for me was that you got to see the classmates doing things mm-hmm. and like existing within the. So it's like the smaller, the the wider that the movie went in scale. I think those characters suffered a lot. They and got left behind. Ca- and those characters are one of the reasons I like the movie so much. Yeah, I think Ned is a great example of that. Where in the first movie, he's he does a lot. He is the guy in the chair. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's helping Spider-Man. I think the funniest moment is when he's teaching him how to drive, and he's telling him where to find the, the yeah. lights in the car. And there isn't really a moment like that in uh, I, Far From Home. And I thought there would be. I thought, like, his friends at the end would get more than just, like, hiding mm-hmm. in a thing. Yeah. Like, it's like, I understand why you did that. You wanted to build the stakes up. But... And, like, in fairness to the friends, they're drones with miniguns on them. Uh, like, like, yeah. They're, they're all good at tech. I Like, a part of me wishes that, like, Happy's plane didn't get blown up. And then, like, they, they kind of like, hey, Happy, we kind of want to help Spider-Man. We're good at tech, too. And they're just, like... Shooting down drones in the jet. Or just, like, doing man-in-the-chair type stuff. Maybe, like, hacking stuff from, yeah. the, from the jet. That'd be cool. And that, that at least gives them something to do. Yeah. I'll, I'll be honest. Um, I didn't really dig him for that because I didn't even really notice that a whole much because I was just, I was all in on the Spider-Man. Uh, but that's that's a fair point. I I think Spider-Man's is most interesting when he's, like, bouncing off other people yeah, as well. Yeah, when he's got other characters to interact with. But, yeah, overall, this movie's a 6 out of 10 for me. Um, I expected it to be much lower, but honestly, that score in the middle of the, 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 the technique, production. the production was amazing. Yeah, it like, really... Like, that, that Mysterio scene at the, at the, in the middle, where he, like, The trips, illusion scene? Yeah, oh my god. amazing. Asia, what you got? I'm biased. I'm biased. I'm biased. And, um, I'm biased. <laughs> so I'm really glad y'all had a really good, in-depth thing to say, because I'm gonna give this movie, um... Was it? But what's the lowest I can go? Um, a three. So you could give it a zero. Uh, I didn't like it, and that's gonna be the crux of my argument. Could, could, you, could you break down which which scores you gave where? Um, I gave it a one because it sure is a movie. A one at purpose. Uh, one at the one Convincence? out of two. Okay. Okay. Um, I gave it a two out of four for the middle one. What Production. is that one? Production. Because. God, the Mysterio illusion scene hit. It hit. Mm. It hit. Do I remember anything else about the movie? No. Am I the kind of person to pay attention to, like, production quality? Not, like, I'm trying as I spend more time around y'all. Mm. But it's, like, it's not me. It's not what I look for. So, Asia, real quick, can I ask you, what do you think the movie failed on in its production and should have done better? It should have been a more enjoyable movie for me. <laughs> and and that, that's, that's, that's a really fair analysis. I'm saying that like, was not John. It's okay. <laughs> I began this with uh, biased. <laughs> so when you, when you say it should have been more enjoyable, like what uh, could you could you name something specific where it failed at being enjoyable? Like um, if there's like a moment where you're like where it hit you like, man, I don't enjoy this movie. Um, in the beginning when they left. And there was like a, but we were going over a bunch of Tony Stark murals. I was like, oh, so I walked in here for a Spider-Man movie and they're not going to give me that. I better take what small wins I can from this film and then walk out. But like for the production. Yeah, I don't know. (laughs) Uh, I'm not a production person. Like the actors are fine. Great. Um, I didn't pay attention to the music. I don't listen to the score. Mm. I don't know anything about filming. Um, 
It was pretty sometimes. When uh, I gave it a two, mostly because I was like, huh, what places can I skimp on a score because I don't <laughs> like this movie? And I was like, production. And I was like, mm, it was pretty well shot. Mm. Two. <laughs> I gave it a zero for the four. I, I really feel bad because I feel like I'm perverting Derek's like whole rubric system. No, it's the thing is. It's very personal. It's It comes down to being personal. I feel like I'm, like, regardless of personal, it's just, like, if you're not going to play by the rules of the system, because I still feel like I'm very much, like, doing it according to, like, because you guys are movie people, you can find stuff to put in these slots. Mm -hmm. I'm not a movie person. So this isn't necessarily the thing for me. Mm -hmm. The first slot, what is it? Purpose. Purpose, and what's the last one? Conventions of standard filmmaking. Um, the... Purpose and conventions of standard filmmaking are pretty much the only two active things. Passively, the technique slot is just like, it's not lost on me. I can tell the difference in production, but it's not like, and it does make a difference in my enjoyment of the movie, but it's not like. You don't focus on it. Yeah. Yeah. You're not, you're not going to point out Mysterio's leitmotif. Yeah. Yeah, that's fine. Um. But I wanted to score this movie low because I don't like this movie. <laughs> I don't respect this movie. I don't respect this movie. Will I leave the room if it's on? No. I might watch it ambiently and remember why I don't like it. Um, so in, in terms of that, I feel like I am really just being really unfair to this movie. And both of your scores say more than my score ever could. So I'm going to take this moment to bash it. Um... I know I've already said a lot of this, but it's just like, I guess if you give me a superhero movie about that superhero and it's like one of the, it's not just like, a, oh, hey, we made up a superhero, watch this movie. We're doing one of the iconic MCU, like uh, Marvel or DC things. If they have, like, there are certain motifs I expect to occur within certain characters. Like... I can help you with it. Thank you. Um, with Spider-Man, it comes down to response. No, no, no. Oh. No, G give a different example. I'm going to talk about Spider-Man. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> I have two talking points. And I'm holding on. Then to I'll them. use the character you're not, you're not the most familiar with. Iron Man, it comes down to Iron Man always making the wrong choices, but it always attempting to do the right thing. Because yeah. th that goes back to the comic books all the way back to the 60s. Iron Man continuously messes up. But he doesn't mean to. He, he makes the wrong choice for the right reason. Yeah. And, and the thing is, if you have an Iron Man movie that doesn't focus on that, it's hard to have an Iron Man movie. Yeah, that's just a lot of what his character is built around. It's yeah. someone who, at the... He doesn't make the best choices, but he, he wants to fix things. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's what I'll, and I think Iron Man 3, not to cut you off too much, Asia, Iron Man 3 does a really great job with that in the sense of... Uh, the crux of the movie is we all make our own demons. Uh, and it's just sort of, what do we do from there? I felt like this was more of... I I feel like a lot of the motifs of, like, I expect in a Spider-Man movie weren't present, which is kind of why I gave it a one in the last category, because it's not just a superhero movie, you're making a Spider-Man movie. And unless you're trying to do something like... <sighs> 
like push the boundaries in a certain way. I don't feel like it pushed the boundaries. I feel like it relied on like kind of an MCU-esque formula because one, if you're making movies within the same thing and you're using a lot of the same directors, it's. I feel like at some point people are going to notice your ticks and it's going to seem a little formulaic. Yeah. But even then it didn't feel like it played to Spider-Man's like motifs. It felt like it was playing kind of more to Iron Man's and if I'm going for a Spider-Man movie, I don't want to see that. Um... Especially if I hate Ant- Iron Man. Yeah. Um, and as far as purpose, I just I just didn't think the story was strong because I feel like it failed on the basic premise of this is a Spider-Man story. And I feel like a lot of the things that make a strong Spider-Man story weren't present. Um, Derek said a lot of those things. I agree. This is me. Buying time in my presentation. Because yeah. I, I don't know, I don't think Derek talked too much about the story itself. Uh, is there something you, you would point out specifically from the story that you think this really isn't a Spider-Man thing? Uh, this was too prominent in the movie. It's just like... I think this... Uh, I feel like I could nitpick a lot of small things that would mm. build up together. But just like one crux which is what they built the whole story off of is just like i feel like spider-man is one of the more humble superhero stories and it's about kind of uh, bear with me Mm -hmm. there's like a down-to-earthness about spider-man that isn't necessarily present if you (sighs) it's okay (sighs) Why do we have to leave New York for this? Why why do we have to go abroad? I feel like it takes everyone out of their most useful elements. And it's just like, I feel like it doesn't necessarily play to Spider-Man's strengths. Like the strength of being one of those down-to-earth heroes who interacts with his community on a different level than every other superhero. And it's more personally affected by the things that happen within the community more than just having, oh, like my, like, emotional relationship kryptonite if they find out about lois lane if they find out about like the people i know in real life but those people are so much more entangled in a spider-man movie and i see them trying to do that but because i feel like they change the scope to try to like have him step into someone else's shoes they lost a lot of the neat little quirks that make a spider-man story more than just like a different superhero because I feel like Spider-Man is also arguably weaker than, like, just power-wise. I don't know. Don't don't fight me on this. Because I have, I, I don't have the training. But just, like, a lot of times, it's, I feel like it's really easy for these superhero stories to keep delivering you the same thing in a different package. So what I like about Spider-Man are the small things that make him different. And if you start stripping that away to have him step into someone else's shoes, at what point do you just have a different superhero? Like, I'm going to Spider-Man because of these small differences. I'm not watching, like, an Iron Man movie. I'm not watching a Thor movie. I'm not watching, like, a Captain America movie. I'm here for a Spider-Man movie, so give me the well-known Spider-Man motifs. And if you start dialing back on those, you're no longer giving me a Spider-Man movie. This could be any, like, this could be anyone. Well, that is kind of the point of Spider-Man. Hmm? I was just making a joke. Oh, yeah. But the, I, I get what you're saying. Simply because, like, 
I feel like Far From Home makes you forget that he's the friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. The last time we talked about like the Spider-Man movies, it, we came back to like, yeah, we preferred Homecoming because that's what he was. And I yeah. feel like when I say they're trying to do something new, it felt like they were trying to do something new. Even though Tony's influence was all over the movie, it was like just in a really Spider-Man way, if that makes sense. And it didn't take me out of it. It felt like it was part of the MCU because you saw those dominoes falling. But it still felt very much like Peter's story. And I guess um, I've been watching Derek play the game a lot. And I feel like... Spider-Man PS4. I feel like just being able to see how they do the story in the game versus how it was handled in the MCU, I can like see like, ah, yes, this feels much more true to the character than this did more than just a, oh, we're trying to do something different. This is just like, is more generic, I guess. If we're comparing it to Homecoming, I thought Homecoming did a great job with two things. One, um, Tony Stark kept telling him that he wasn't ready. Yeah. Tony Stark kept telling him that, hey, you need to be the friendly neighborhood Spider-Man, and that's okay. And at the end of the movie where Tony finally is like, hey, you can, yeah, you can join the Avengers. And then Peter's just like, I'm good. I'm going to stay being the friendly neighborhood Spider-Man, which is something that happens in the comic books a lot, where someone's just like, hey, Peter, you want to join the Avengers? Not really. Yeah. Because then it takes me away from the city, and if I'm not there to protect the city, and if I have this great power to protect the ones in the city, and they get hurt when I'm not there, then what happens? Then yeah. it's my fault. It's a, it's a great point. I so, think... Oh, continue. I think it hasn't helped that we've been playing Spider-Man PS... We've been playing Spider-Man PS4, which is just like a 24-year-old Spider-Man who's just been the friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. Like, the Avengers exist within the city, but, like, anything that happens within the game... Within the city of New York, he feels that on him. He feels that it's his fault. And being Spider-Man is pain. Being Spider-Man is not happiness. Just Um, like that scene in in, um, Homecoming where it's like he's overlooking his friends. Yeah. And he's choosing Spider-Man. Don't yeah. Know. Don't get me wrong. It's not like I like Homecoming. I do. A little, <laughs> bit. A little bit more. But I can find a lot of the same issues. But regardless, thank you. That was my part of the presentation. I'm good. So, John, how's this, how's, how does this rating system work for a potential movie club? I think it looks pretty good. Um, I might want to try and work with you on a little bit to maybe add a, one or two more things to be a bit more subjective. Um, I think maybe one or two more categories might be interesting to see how they balance out a little bit. Uh, but I think this is really good. Um, I think it's a, a good system. Yeah, I guess I have a question. Like, how much does it just being a well-made movie give it a pass? Because, like John said, if it's supposed to be, like, a subjective system, mm-hmm. it's like you can have, like, I'm going to say it. Spider-Man Far From Home is a... I feel like it's a well-made movie, even if I personally yeah. don't care for it. Mm-hmm. So me tanking it <laughs> in I, categories that it shouldn't necessarily be tanked on, just because I know I don't like the movie, so I don't want it to have a score that doesn't reflect how I actually feel about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because so I, think, I think, in fairness, um, it's for technique, it's probably a four. Um, and, but I think it, it's fine... Oh no! It's, yeah, yeah. It's not that John. big a deal for you to like give it a bunch of low scores. The disclaimer um, is, I was completely biased <laughs> in ignoring yeah. the system. Um, you guys are correct. This, like, you know, I, I get you. It deserves um, a higher thing. I think uh, part of my only issue with the rating system as it currently is, it's 
I think I think the fact that it's vague is useful. It'd be nice if there was um, a bit more specificity in it. Uh, so maybe even if it was broken down, like if technique was broken down into two smaller two-point categories, um, to where we could kind of say, just to help narrow down specifically what the dislike is and where the where the points are going. Uh, I think would that it, might help a little bit. Would it help if you saw the rubric? Because I have to finish writing it out. But yeah. Aegis has seen what like the rubric that it's based off of looks like. And within each score, it breaks it down a bit more. Right. Because uh, I, I think also, from what we've talked about, there are a few things that I think would be interesting to, to delve more into. Um, but yeah, I think for the most part, it, it's good. Um, I think maybe being a, a bit more specific might be helpful. But yeah, I think this is a great rating movie though okay i want a category called did i like it i'm only half joking i'm so sorry no continue no that's pretty much it that's it for stirring the pot today that's all i have look forward to a movie club in potentially two weeks or so potentially and iron out everything yeah so i hope you guys had a great time listening to it Leave a comment on wherever you're listening to this thing on. Rate it. Um, let us know how much you liked the episode or if you didn't like it. Yeah. Um, uh, what are your ratings for the movies we discussed? Yeah, uh, exactly. Did you, did you think any, you know, should Tarzan be a, a two? Do you really hate uh, that man who doesn't wear pants? Uh, do you think that Far From Home should have been way higher? Do you think it was a ten? Uh, let us know. Okay. This has been Derek. I'm Asia. And John. And thanks for listening. Bye.